We're now three chapters into Paul's letter to the Colossian church, a church that Paul has never actually met, a church that Paul wants to encourage and guide into a genuine faith that will last, a faith that represents Jesus in a world that doesn't. As many of us know, there are all kinds of teachings out there about what it means to be a Christian and how we're to go about living our faith each day. The 21st century isn't much different than the first century that Paul was living in. It's kind of ironic, isn't it? When I study church history, it seems to me that we seem to continue to struggle with the same issues generation after generation. Sure, they take on different forms, but the root of the problem is always interconnected. This is exactly what Paul has been trying to help the church in Colossians learn. Last week, Paul introduced the concept of death, the death we as Christians are called to live, death with Christ so we can be raised with Christ. This death to self and the way the world thinks and acts is what brings us to the freedom that Paul so often talks about. Freedom from the spiritual powers of this world. It's these spiritual powers that purposely distract us from who God has called each of us to be in Christ. They skew our understanding of identity and create all kinds of conflict with our own minds and spirit. Paul wants this church to experience a deeper understanding of their identity in Christ. But in order to understand our identity in Christ and experience the freedom that Scripture so often speaks about, we need to die first. We need to put to death our way of thinking and acting that is influenced by these subtle spiritual powers in our world. Christ must become your life. This is what Paul communicates so early on, so clearly in this letter. Your life is not your wealth, your material things, your career, your status or power in this world. Your life is not what you have accomplished or haven't accomplished here on earth. Paul says that your life is Christ, and Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Because Christ is in heaven, for Christ to be our life, we must change our way of living and thinking. Instead of building our identity in the things of this world that will one day pass, we build our identity in things above that Paul says will last forever. This means we learn to think and live very differently than the world around us. Paul communicates this all over the place in other letters that he's written as well. Listen to what he says to the church in Rome. In Romans chapter 12, verses 1 to 2, he says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living sacrifice and holy, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Paul says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Instead, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. As Christians, we need to learn to think differently than the world around us. 
And in our passage today, Paul is continuing this teaching and he's going to take us deeper into the challenges that we face and the things we need to learn to let, to actually just let go of in our lives in order to experience this new identity that is found in the freedom of Jesus. And so you can open your Bibles to Colossians chapter 3. We're going to work through verses 5 to 11. And this week, we're going to look at what needs to go in our lives. And then next week, Pastor Tamil is going to walk us through what Paul teaches that we need to include in our lives. So keep tracking with us because each week, if you follow along, it builds on the week before. So let's take a look at Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 to 11, our verses today. Paul says this, he says, so put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an adulterer, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming, Paul says. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world, but now is the time to get rid of anger. Rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you've been stripped of your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are Jew or Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. You see, according to the Apostle Paul, our death to this life is not just about simply believing in Jesus. It's not just about having what some call the right doctrine or believing the right things. Our death to this life must be made real in the way that we actually live our day-to-day -day lives. In other words, you can believe all the right things, but if your beliefs don't turn into transformation in your daily life and the way that you think and you act, then you're missing the point of what Jesus did on the cross and what he calls each of us to do. In verse 5, Paul lists, he gives us a list of some of the things that we must put to death in order to live in the freedom of Christ. The sinful earthly things lurking within you, Paul says. We all have them. They're, they're the things that distract us from being transformed into the image of Christ. They're often subtle things that we barely notice because the world around us sees most of these things as completely normal. In this passage, Paul basically gives us two groups of things that have become problems for everyone our skewed view of humanity and how we view each other, and our weakness of falling into the trap of anger and the destruction that that anger causes. And an example of this comes from verse 5, where Paul points out the distraction of greed, specifically in our lives. He says, greedy people pursue the objects of their greed, things like money, sex, power, possessions. We're, we're, uh, when we're greedy, these things replace God in our lives and we fall into the trap of trying to find our identity and our self-worth in these things rather than in Christ. 
And Paul says, because of these things, because these things become a greater priority in our lives, the anger of God is coming on these things. You see, God is deeply grieved by sin and what it produces. It frustrates him and, and, and the fact that we focus on all of these things rather than on him. And so those who choose to focus on the things that distract them from God, the scriptures say will one day be in front of the Lord to give an account of their lives. And so Paul begs his churches to put these distractions to death. These things are what are ruining your life and causing you to not think about heavenly things. They're fruitless, and God wants each of us to be fruitful. Paul explains this in verse 7 when he says that these, that these are the things you use, that, that you used to do before you knew Jesus, when your life reflected the way that the world actually thinks. Our belief in Jesus must turn into our lives becoming like Jesus. I addressed this a few weeks ago when I asked the question about being a justified Christian compared to a sanctified Christian. Both believe that Jesus is the Son of God, but only the sanctified Christian takes on the nature of the one who created us. This is why Paul encourages the Colossians to take off these things Using a clothing metaphor, he says, take off your old clothes and put on the new clothes because your old clothes are worn out and they're probably kind of smelly anyway. Why not freshen up with, with your new life, your new clothes, with a new set of clothes? Listen to how Paul says this to the church in Romans. In Romans chapter 13, verses 12, Paul says, the night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here, so remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on the shining armor of right living. Paul says, get rid of the stuff in your life that holds you back from freedom and put on the stuff that brings you the freedom in Christ that Paul is emphasizing. And so he continues with this concept, but it takes, he takes it a little bit further in verses 9 to 10. These verses are actually, I think, the key to Paul's teaching in this passage. So for us to understand what Paul's getting at, these two passages are really the key here. And he begins to unpack our old nature versus our new nature. Now listen to how he puts it to the church in Ephesians. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22 to 24, Paul says, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Now notice how in both the Colossians passage and the Ephesians passage, Paul connects our new nature to be connected with our creator. Essentially, learning to know and become like our creator, Jesus Christ. This is the new life, our process of sanctification, becoming more and more like Jesus, not just in what we believe, but in actually how we live. This is an important connection that we can't miss in the scriptures. In order to grow in Christ, we must learn to think and act like Christ, not like the world. We make Jesus our life by putting off our old way and learning a new way. 
Now, before I move on, I think it's important that I clear up an extremely important thing about the doctrine of sin. It's something I think we get really wrong in the church today. And this passage in Colossians, like many others, Paul often, uh, he often gives us a list of things that he calls sins. And these lists are, they're very helpful. It's great that Paul gives us these lists, but they're only helpful when we read them the way that Paul meant them to actually be. Paul is giving us some examples. They're important examples of things that we do that distract us from the freedom of Jesus. But Paul's lists, they're not exhaustive, folks. You can't read this and go, okay, cool, I don't do anything on this list that Paul has given us, so I must be good. You see, sin is explained theologically as firstly, actually a state of being. We are literally born into sin. We are all sinners. Romans chapter 3, verse 23. He says, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Everyone is a sinner, not just people who check off one of Paul's lists. Also, theologically, sin is defined through the example of Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus was fully human, tempted by all the things that we as human beings struggle with. And so Jesus was tempted by sexual temptation. Jesus was tempted by anger, yet he was without sin. So biblically, Jesus is the mark in which we define sin. Whenever we miss that mark, we are sinning. So it's not just the lustful thinker or the greedy person who is the sinner. It's anyone not being like Jesus. So with all of that being said, I want you to understand something very important about sin. We all do it, and we all do it a lot. Therefore, Jesus had to die for our sins so that we could be forgiven and live under the grace of forgiveness. It's the work of the cross that makes all of this right for us. We're simply to ask, we're simply asked to respond to that work. And in verse 11, Paul is clear that the work of the cross was done for everyone, not just Jew or Gentile, slave or free. The grace we receive from the death and resurrection of Jesus is quite literally done for everyone. This is why we're called to become aware of our sin. That's what Paul's trying to remind us of in our passage today. Paul is saying, listen, folks, here are some key things that get in our way of being like Jesus. So put these things to death in your life. Literally get rid of them. And how do we do this? How does scripture say that we're supposed to do this? Well, Pastor Tamil is going to get into some of that next week, but I can tell you a little bit today. First, we have to become aware of these sins, these things in our lives, and the only way for us to do that is to receive conviction by the power and presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And then we respond to this conviction through what scripture calls repentance. Now, this overused and misunderstood word is actually the key to living free. We repent of who we are and we change through the power of the Holy Spirit. In this passage in Colossians, that is what Paul is reminding us to do. To be open to being convicted of the sin in our lives and change it. 
but we can't just change it on our own because we are sinners. You will always fall short. Each of us will always fall short. Even the best of us are still sinners and still fall short. The only way to change it is to become aware of it and to ask God to forgive you through repentance in Jesus Christ.